your boy, Flying J. And now you say your name. Oh, <laughs> what's up? I'm <laughs> Nate John Plain. <laughs> Uh, so so yeah so this is this recording may never be seen but and set by uh, unwilling friends and family members uh, but uh, Natron and I for a long time have tossed around the idea of doing I mean we I would say like the amount of hours I spend texting this man about basketball in general fantasy a lot but just basketball like it's more than I text like my parents like like the amount of time we put into it just to fucking do it um just because we love i've always thought like should we start like a blog should we be like recording this stuff like so um so today is our shot at that um the amount of i I think about like consumable like media that i take down so i gotta check like espn i check the ringer i check the news you know and i would say top five in content that i like consume is nba content via text with flying J. So it's nice wow. to finally get like this in a uh, recorded form. Wow, that's uh, that uh, wow, that means a lot. <laughs> I mean, no, to be fair, it's not after NPR. NPR is still above you, but like you know, it's, it's in there. You, you don't you have like that fleece? You got a hoodie. You got a pretty sweet. You don't have one of Flying J, but NPR, you got that hoodie. I got yeah, I got a couple of them actually. That's, that's nice. <laughs> Um, okay, so what we're going to be focusing on today in general um, is uh, is early rookie average draft position, just some takes on some of the big rookies, um, just getting some ideas out there, spitballing a little bit. Um, but um, first, before we got into the basketball stuff, um, so this time of year is fantasy football draft season. We're doing this on August 26th. Um, so... I just joined a league today, uh, and that was a league that is being commissioned by a member of a league I was commissioner for that I tried to shut down so I could focus more on getting some of this fantasy basketball stuff going. But ultimately, I joined out of spite uh, because I want to crush my opponents and win um, a Brad Lojas jersey, uh, Brad Lojas, uh, NBA Jam alum, um, deep cut. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) So... So yeah, I wanted to ask Nate a little bit. So he's not doing any fantasy football. Uh, he's he's just grinding fantasy hoops. He's in the wine industry, um, and uh, timing is doesn't work for him with, with football. Uh, but uh, his so we're talking about our boy Ryan uh, Rygar Rygar, um, and he hit you up today about joining the league. Is that right? He did, yeah. So last year, I started in 03. It was my first fantasy football uh, league year, and I've went through all the way to last year. Last year was my first year uh, being retired. But he gave me a call yesterday saying, like, all right, like, we have we have two spots free. I, like, I want you in here, but I also really want Jamie in here. Um, and Jamie says he, like, won't join unless you, you hop in. Um, so it, it was a pretty hard sell. Like you kind of put me into like, uh, put me in a tough position there. That was enjoying being retired. Every and I think year I'm going to pass them up. I think I'm going to pass up though. Every year. I think I accosted you hopefully, uh, 
with a lighter tactic, but it's hard to accept that you are retired from fantasy football. You grind harder than anyone I've ever known. Uh, this man, I believe, was in a fantasy bass fishing league. I don't think that's just folklore. I think you actually so did true. that that's once. True. Is that true? Yeah, that is true. Yeah, so he, you're that, number one sicko. I would say the number one sicko um, in my fantasy life. Oh, that's a cool compliment. I appreciate that. <laughs> Anyways, cheers. Uh, I got my, my vodka root beer, which tastes like a a cream soda when you combine them what's your root beer of choice there like there's a lot of root beers out in the world i prefer safeway select oh really okay okay what's like kind of some of the take me through like the decision making process on that usually i can find safeway select in my neighbor's fridge <laughs> it's just i never have <laughs> i love it i love a dad's root beer um anyway <laughs> But yeah, it's you know whatever I can get my hands on. I love a good a sarsaparilla, uh, a root soda as well. <laughs> okay, okay. So let's get into let's get into some content. Um, again, content that nobody will ever consume. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah. So let's uh, let's let me pull this up here. So basically, the basic premise of this um, is I wanted to uh, profile the potential range of outcomes. Uh, for some of the players in the 22 class, uh, we'll look a little bit at their long-term prospects for you, Dynasty nerds, um, and just kind of for fun. Um, we'll talk a little bit about landing spot, projected role in the team rotation. Uh, none of this is vetted. This is just off the head. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll look at some statistical profiles, maybe some comparisons, uh, like ballpark uh, for what sort of um, ceiling or floor a player might be able to have. Um, and we'll offer some recent examples of rookie comps, uh, just kind of, again, that's off the cuff too. Um, and then if we could get just a projection of what we think in redraft, um, we're also going to look at some early ADPs of where these players are going and the sort of decisions you got to make when you're on the clock, uh, what sort of players you got to pass up to draft these rookies. So, um, so let's start with, um, Nate, did you have a player you want to start with, or do you want to start with my boy Keegs? We can start. Yeah, let's start with him. Okay. Yeah, Keegan Murray, so went number four um, overall. There was a lot of hoopla about that, obviously. Uh, I think a lot of people thought that's where uh, Ivy should go out of Purdue, the electric, uh, I guess, combo guard. Uh, and I don't think there's a lot of trust in the Kings' decision-makings over the years. Uh, shout out to Marvin Bagley, who's now on the Pistons. Um, but I kind of dove into Keegan Murray. I watched some tape on him, um, and I came away a little bit more impressed about, uh, how he profiles, um, as far as his, so he's very versatile. Uh, he's got the two-way scoring potential. Um, he reminded me a little bit of like, like, a, a Joe Johnson, Rudy Gay hybrid as a ceiling, um. He, you know, he got the ISO scoring in his game. He kind of needs to tighten up the handle a little bit. Uh, he can get a little loose with the dribble. Um, uh, but he's a big body, uh, just like like Rudy Gare, Joe Johnson. Fits really well uh, in that scheme. I mean, think about last year. They were rolling out for some of those forwards. Like Mo Harkless was getting real minutes. They're rolling out a bunch of scrubs. Um, so there's plenty of minutes on the wing there. Uh, even with Harrison Barnes on the team, he could eventually get traded. But uh, mm -hmm. so my idea of a fantasy ceiling for for Keegs, uh, 21, 22 points, six to eight boards, 
three triples a game. Uh, I know in college last year on the defensive stat side, he averaged like 1.9 blocks and 1.3 skills, I believe. I don't know how that's going to translate, uh, you know, playing at Iowa State uh, against some of those farm-fed boys. Uh, but, uh, that, you know, so for fantasy, you think, you know, Chris Middleton. Uh, it's a player It's never going to be sexy to take him. Uh, you know, you're looking at him in the third to fifth round range uh, for you hard grinders doing auctions. Like we, our league, we do an auction every year. I won't have it any other way. Um, you know, you're looking at maybe a th- in his prime, he could be a $30 player. Um, you know, but for this coming year, um, let me pull up where he is going real quick. So in the early rookie ADPs, Kigamer is going 100.5 on Yahoo. That's sandwiched between Franz Wagner and Punch Bob Portis, uh, Bobby Portis. So reasonable comparisons there as far as what he might be able to achieve as a rookie. I feel like Franz Wagner is going to have a little more loaded of a front court, not just with uh, Banchero, the number one pick, but. I think uh, I think Jonathan Isaac plays basketball. I think he does. Maybe I don't um, know. One of the biggest question marks. Uh, it's one of a player that I'm still tempted by if he if he does exist. But uh, but yeah, overall, where like before the draft, where were you out on Keegan Murray? Um, where are you out on him uh, this coming year? Just in general, like what do you think about the number four overall pick there, Natron? Well, you know, it's funny that you started Keegan Murray because I have. Uh, in my mind, so I, I have my entire sheet and I have notes on every on every player. And on Keegan, on Keegan Murray, my sheet literally is, and I can show this to you, it's basically just a question mark. I have no, I ha, he is the People biggest wild card of, of every, I kind of have a sense of, of, or a feeling on every player, except for Keegan Murray. Um, and for that reason, I think I'm quite a bit cooler on him than I think the consensus is. Um, part of that is, is maybe a slight Iowa bias. Uh, I, I think right. Iowa does, Iowa basketball does a really good job, uh, kind of, uh, showcasing or kind of, uh, uh, like putting the ball into one player's hands and really kind of inflating their numbers a little bit. Um, you're saying Luca so he, Garza, Luca Garza is in a, yeah, yeah. It would be another great example of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, talking about Pistons again, like it was just keep on this Pistons train, but, um, uh, but yeah, so that I was a little worried about that. I was a little worried about his age. He's a year older uh, for his class than every other player. Um, And so it's, you know, which doesn't necessarily mean anything. Dame when he came out was older and, uh, and is now obviously Damian Lillard. Um, And then one other question I had about him that I've always wondered is, uh, and this is maybe a pretty unfair knock on on him is he has a twin brother that plays for Iowa and his twin brother is fine. It seems, it seems weird to have such a, a big swing in players as far as twins go. You know, I'm trying to think of like other twins in the league, like, like Marcus Morris is good, but Marquis Morris is pretty good. Uh, you know, uh, you got, uh, uh, you got the two Stanford bros. Uh, help me out here. Lopez, you got uh, Lopez twins. Ro- Ro- yeah, the Lopez twins. I mean, I, I got one. I got one for you. What yeah. if this is Isaiah uh, and Evan Mobley, and he is Evan, not yeah. <laughs> not but, in player but, but profile. Well, they're brother. They're brothers, not twins, though. Okay. 
Yeah, but fair point, fair point. Like, so I don't know. And this might be a completely unfair, like, criticism. But for those reasons, I was a little, I was a little skeptical of him. I know he won summer league MVP. I know he's stepping into an environment where they they have a hole with that position. They really could use some playmaking there. Um, the opportunities there for them. They play fast enough, uh, but for those reasons, I think I'm going to be a little bit more skeptical. Be a little bit cooler on him than general consensus. Yeah, it's 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 kind of where where I thought you might go with that one. He also, I guess, I guess what I'd say about his disposition is he doesn't seem to have that dog in him. Like he looks like he's on autopilot, at least from his facial expressions and body language. But again, like that's that's not really an analytic, uh, analytically backed thing. But uh, Are you, do you think you think his landing spot in Sacramento is plays to his advantage, or to or is it more to a disadvantage? On paper, I like the fit on the roster, but this is the this is the Kangs. So um, organization, you know, it's a pretty unhealthy organization historically. I'm a little biased. Like, uh, I watch a lot of Kings basketball on Reddit. Uh, <laughs> I don't pay to watch it. Uh, Mark Jones is the best color commentator in the league. Huge Darren Fox fan. Um, this is not a fantasy take. Uh, so I'm rooting for that thing to work. I I, I think it's a really fun team on paper. Um, and this isn't fantasy, but as far as the fit and how it could have, you know, translate to fantasy. They could have taken Jalen Ivey in a vacuum because he maybe was the best talent, but I get, I don't think it was as big a reach as everyone's making it out to be. Um, yeah. You know, and you already have uh, Davion Mitchell, you traded Halliburton to clear room, then all of a sudden you bring in Ivy. So I didn't hate the pick for the Kings. Um, you know, if I'm on the clock and I got to choose between so, I, Franz Wagner, Keegan Murray, uh, I probably still take Franz Wagner, a similar stat profiles, but we've seen him do it. Um, you know, I'd have to take a look at minutes projections and stuff like that. Um, but let's let me pull Speaking up. Speaking of Franz Wagner, then I mean, are, if unless you have more uh, on Murray, I'm kind of curious if we would just roll directly into that into that relationship with uh, uh, Paolo. Are you, is, yeah. he, is, he, is he your number one? Is he your number one rookie that you're taking or is it Murray? I, I think it's Paolo. I mean, if, if it's any type of dynasty league, keeper league, it's it's Paolo without thinking. Obviously, we're talking redraft right now. Um, it's Paolo. But I think where you're going to have to take Paolo, I mean, right now, Paolo on Yahoo's going number 80. Keegan's going 100. I mean, this is early ADP. Um, but in it, you know, say it's an auction format, I would rather get Keegan Murray for five bucks than pay, I don't know, 18, 20 for Paolo Bonchero. So, mm -hmm. so it really depends cost. Like, you know, you got to read the room. Um, I don't think Keegan Murray is going to be that hot in a lot of drafts, uh, because he plays for the Kings because he went to Iowa state, he was perceived as overdrafted. Say I had five fantasy drafts. I would assume I'd come out with Keegan Murray more based on those factors, based on, uh, the cost, the perception of the player. Um, yeah, but yeah, long term, there's no contest, um, you know, fantasy wise and NBA and, and just real, you know, NBA wise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Paolo is, I mean, it's obviously he's going to be the man this year. I mean, he's got, uh, I mean, he's going to a magic team that desperately needs scoring. I mean, they were 29th in the league. Yep. Yeah. They were 29th in the league in scoring. Um, they, 
didn't necessarily add anybody else that's going in free agency that's going to fill that vacuum. So I think it's really going to be fall on his shoulders to kind of to put the ball in the bucket. And they played with a decent amount of pace last year. I mean, they were tense in pace. You're a magic I, nerd. You you you're you're I worked, a magic hipster. I worked, you know? I worked with a guy who was a magic diehard, and so like it, <laughs> it which I appreciated so very much because it gave it like forced me to have some more awareness of the magic. So, uh, uh, so for that, I appreciate you, Eric, out in Orlando. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I think for, for he's obviously going to put up points. I mean, I think. Do you think 20 points a game plus is realistic for him? I mean, let's take, let's talk about the magic rotation. So I think the best possible starting lineup, and uh, I did a little work on this early. I would, I would have Wendell at center, uh, Blanchero mm-hmm. at power yep. forward. I think that's his natural yep. position. He's got a Carmelo Anthony style body. He, I don't, yeah. I don't know if he's going to be able to bang people on the block like that, but he's big for, for his, you know, uh, skill set. He's a big player. Um, and then my boy Franz at small forward, and then backcourt of Fultz and Suggs, most likely with Cole Anthony as a spark plug. That's one combination. Uh, th- there's a lot of combinations. Then, then you got you got Isaac, you got Gary Harris who resigned there. Um, you got Bamba, so Bamba. he fits in as the go-to score. They, I would say, they're role players before they drafted, and that's why I thought it was the right choice. Uh, I think we both lost money. Um, on uh jabari not going number one uh i know i did um but i think and they, they had everyone fooled um including woj um <laughs> but uh yeah i think that they have a lot of good young role players and they needed to go to play go to score yeah ballpark next year i could see him you know 18 19 points a game uh six to eight rebounds um you know fairly efficient scoring uh for a rookie uh, so I, I think overall this class lacks ceiling pop. I think they were more tantalizing in la- last few drafts. They were more tantalizing, like uh, high end, just redraft players. Um, I think we haven't talked about J- Jabari Smith, but you know, with Houston clearing out uh, my boy the Crucifix, Christian Wood, there is uh, just a bunch of minutes, uh, and you know, next year's. Most improved, probably the most improved player, but potentially the uh, All NBA First Team center uh, over there, Shingu, my boy. Your uh, boy. So I cannot <laughs> wait in our fantasy league. I cannot wait to see how high you tra- you you uh, bid up Shingu. I I'm not stopping before 45 because I feel like you're going to go I over be that. Baited. I won't be baited. Yeah. So. <laughs> It's one of those things where, like, even though I know it's a bad decision, I can't handle letting him go to someone else's roster. I picked up Shingun and dropped him last year, like, literally at least 15 times. One week where I needed to win, I, so, so Nate and I ended up playing in the fifth-place matchup. We had the two best records for the teams who didn't make the playoffs, which isn't typical. Um, and I think that I lost a matchup because we have limited transactions, and I wasted one on a speculative fifth pickup of the month of Shingun because Christian would like missed a practice or something. And like, I just, I didn't care. Like, like, so yeah, I just feel like I already did. I already put in the early work, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, so, so yeah, I, I would say I would feel better about Jabari Smith just next year because I know what he's going to do. 
Uh, I think he's going to, you know, get you a block and a half a game. Uh, he's going to spread the floor. You know, maybe think of uh, think of Channing Tatum's rookie year, which was surprisingly good, but like on steroids. Like I think that's what Jabari Smith will do next year. I just think that's more interesting. I know how to fit that into my team in nine category league. Sorry, you said Channing Tatum. I, I meant Channing Fry. I was just picturing Channing Tatum playing basketball, and I was like, "That's pretty good." But did I, did, speak, so Channing Fry uh, lives in Portland. Uh, have I ever told you the story about when uh, when my partner Emma she was working on a uh, Savi Island, which is this uh, this island, you know, in the Portland area? Um, there's a lot of sustainable farms, a lot of a lot of uh, you know it's probably the most expensive medium house you can get in Portland. I think it was like 800,000 is the average value of the house out there. So she was working on a farm, you know, it's uh, kids from title one schools brought in to learn about sustainable food practices and stuff. And, um, and Channing Fry's daughter, Margo, uh, attended this camp <laughs> and, and, um, and he was wearing a Pelicans polo, just like a plain, like assistant coach style polo. And uh, Emma was like, well, hey, do you do you play for the Pelicans or something? You know, he's like six foot ten. And he was like, he was like, no, uh, my friend does. And she was like, who's your friend? He's like, Josh Hart. And she was like, oh, like, what up? <laughs> like, And so she later looked it up, asked me the name. And I was like, yes, he played in the NBA. And I didn't know I'd be using him to, uh, to compare who uh, I, I got Jabari Smith comped as a rookie. But yes, Chan- <laughs> Channing Fry. Yeah, dang. I like that cop though. I mean, like, right? I feel like Channing, Channing Fry, even like in today's game, even though like he was only whatever, like seven years retired, he'd be even better today. I mean, he had he had good range. I mean, that's certainly what Jabari is going to be be bringing to the table. I mean, just in college alone, he averaged, I mean, seven two point shots and five point five threes. So, I mean, he's certainly going to be launching it from three. I would imagine that's going to be officially his first year. I mean, when he's when he's trying to fit in with Jalen Green, you got KPJ, your boy, Sangoon. I mean, I, I imagine he's going to be a little bit like a, uh, you know, I don't want to say three and D, but, uh, you know, maybe just kind of starting off that way, at least at the beginning. No, you can say yeah. three and D. One of my favorite comps I've seen besides this uh, Channing Tatum one that I just pulled out of my ass, uh, uh, Kevin O'Connor, the Ringers draft guide, he had a uh, uh, three and D Richard Lewis. So like, you know, imagine Richard Ooh, Lewis as a, as yeah, a you know, switchable good. defender. Uh, <laughs> so I, yeah, that that's kind of how I see him fitting into fantasy and just, you know, in today's game, if you would have taken Richard Lewis, given him defensive skill or uh the will to defend uh or the need to defend <laughs> um yeah that would have been a nasty fantasy player so i i kind of like his ceiling um the most this season just because that's such a thin front court and houston played their guys last year like they played their young guys there's none uh we haven't gotten into this um there's a team out there that used to they used to play in Seattle um, that's known for uh, shutting their guys down. They actually already shut down the number two overall pick uh, right after summer league. They shut him down just a few days ago. Uh, so so they're, it's already begun. The the uh, the um, 
<laughs> the Banyama. The humidity is too high in the Northwest. They couldn't keep their courts uh, clear. So they're already shutting guys down over there. Um, but uh, I forgot where yeah. I was going with that. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about Chet, obviously, like, and which is which is a bummer. I was in our league. I forget who said it, and I thought it was just. I thought it was perhaps the greatest text of our of our league's uh, group thread was uh, I can't wait for a player to uh, to to be spent more on auction than his weight. It'd be the first time ever somebody spends more on him for that, <laughs> which was just a really tremendous uh, text. I thought. That's that's thirty dollars off the board that I can't get back. Yeah, um, I guess it was, somebody somebody would have spent some money on him, and he, and who knows if that would have worked or would not. We'll have to wait a year on that. Um, but what we won't have to wait a year on is one of my boys, one yeah. of my like my my like stars here on my on my board, Jaden Ivy, mm. big Jaden Ivy guy. Okay. Loved him at Purdue. Um, it. His, I kind of, and I'm worried that I get a little bit too into uh, liking him as a person, uh, and I'm letting that shade my like uh, opinion of him as a as a player. But the, but watching him at Purdue was just, I mean, he was electric. I mean, just getting around the court, scoring like crazy. Um, I really liked how he kind of the growth that he showed from his freshman year to his sophomore year. I mean, increases scoring from 17 to 23. Um, and like, Lord knows the Pistons need scoring. I mean, they, Cade, Cade is obviously the man and he can distribute the ball really well, but they don't really have that put the ball in somebody's hands and get, and get a bucket. And so Detroit's going to be counting on that from, from day, from like from day one. And I think his minutes are going to be there. I think it's pretty reasonable to, expect them to see 33 minutes you know right off the bat um i think the question is going to be can they be efficient um no in scoring you know i mean because i think you know when i think about him i think the maybe a, a reasonable comp and see what you think about this is um uh, is is honestly jailing green from last year yeah he just is scoring but so yeah, inefficiently okay. that it, it kind of hurts you right yeah i mean fit like fantasy wise i see him to be similar to jalen green last year which is a player that kills your percentages early on so bad that you can't really roster him uh unless if you're uh, odin's peen who's uh one of our league mates who builds around inefficiency and high usage and just like rides it out until he you know inevitably stumbles into the playoffs and knocks out a couple people um like last year, but, uh, you know, the Sadiq Bay All-Stars. But, um, yeah, J Ivy is kind of my Keegan Murray. I love I, in this way. Like, I, I love the player. But as far as, like, picturing him in an NBA system, especially with Cade, you know, already all, being a ball-dominant guard, was, I'm not sure what he is. I guess he's a combo guard, and I guess that doesn't matter anymore. But, like, uh, I know I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think he averaged like 2.5 assists somewhere in that ballpark last year. So you get a lot of comps to yeah. uh, John Morant, but John Morant, I think, led the nation in assists his senior year at Murray State over 10 a game. Um, wow. So I'm curious what his strengths are besides his explosion. And the explosion is there, but uh, I don't think he has Jalen Green's kind of step back instant offense 
Uh, do you have his shooting numbers or off the top of your head? Uh, you know, how do you project him just as a shooter? Yeah, you know, the uh, I don't have it. His, I know his percentages were not stellar at Purdue. Um, it was more of a volume situation. And you're right. I mean, the assist numbers were, were really low. The defensive numbers were really low. I think if you're counting on on Jaden Ivey this year, you're you're really looking at, at points. His points is what's going to carry you. Um, so I think it's, it's going to be fun, kind of, fun factor. It's going to be fun. I, I kind of imagine he's going to be one of those guys that's going to sit on the on your waiver pretty often, and you're going to search, you're going to filter for points, and you're going to be like, holy smokes, there's a guy that's averaging 18.5 out there, and pick him up, and then and he's going to, and then you're going to have that week where you're like, wow, why why was he sitting on my waiver? And then the next week yeah. he's going to shoot 21% yeah. and and give you like yeah. 18, two and two, and you're and you're going to be bummed about it. So I think it's, it's really going to be kind of catch depending on, uh, on his weeks and whether his percentages can rise enough to kind of keep you, keep him in the rotation. You just described the Jalen Green experience last year, you know? Um, So let, let me ask you this. So, because the fun factor really matters to me and this is early ADP, but let me ask you about a couple players. Who would you take Jaden Ivy or Will Barton? Next year, Washington. Ooh, you know, boy. The- you know. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm not, I'm not concerned about Johnny Davis there. I don't think, I don't think Johnny Davis is going to eat into Will Barton's minutes. Uh, but Davis is going ahead of uh, Ivy right now, not by much. Early eighty. Is he really? Oh yeah. man, I don't, I don't. I, I'm sorry, I, I don't see. There's too much competition in veterans. We don't have time to talk there. about Johnny Davis today. Nobody yeah, wants to hear okay, about Johnny Davis. Yeah. Um, I would roll the dice on, on Ivy, just knowing that I think that I can get uh, – we know what Will Barton is. Uh, Will Barton is a – He is the we-know-who-he-is-all-stars. He is captain of the – you know exactly what you're getting, all-stars. And I think there will be the same numbers in Washington. Yeah, and I feel like I can find points later. And I feel like he's bringing points and not much else um, with an injury risk. And uh, so I think for that reason, right. I would I probably would roll the dice on, on Ivy. Yeah, go on. I got one more for you. Uh, so you're, you know, say last couple rounds, probably last two rounds. Are you taking a shot on Ivy? Or are you taking DeAnthony Melton over there in Philly? Another uh, fantasy hipster favorite. Uh, 30, per 36 stats are just nasty, but he's not going to be playing yeah. 36 minutes. Until James Harden pulls his hamstring at the strip club. And then DeAnthony Melton's going to go, you're going to spend all your fab on him. It's James Harden's birthday today, so it's not they're not oh totally God. fair for you to be like throwing shade on him on his birthday. Uh, but birthday uh, king. <laughs> uh, but no, no, I'm going Melton there. Melton just brings across the board numbers and that. it's so efficient in defense, That's what I'm rebounding. Saying. Yeah, These are the choices. He's, yeah, he's he's filling he's filling it in for you. I think um, I think Ivy's one of those. He's he's gonna be cheap, but I mean, it's funny because the guy right they went drafted right after him. It's pretty similar, I think, in in Benedict uh, Matherin. I mean, That's another your guy who I, I, you know, yeah, shoot, I loved him in Arizona. Yeah. Just the composure. Um, I think, I think he's probably going to bring a similar thing. He's, uh, I think, I see like a lot of that. Karis Levert, Jordan Clarkson, T.J. Warren, just instant offense. Not necessarily bringing a lot else, but is like is just kind of a one on one 
master there. Um, I think that, and really the situation in Indiana is pretty fantastic, pretty fantastic. He's got your boy feeding him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and who else is going to score on that team? You know, I mean, that Alburn is a great, I mean, he's averaging, he's going to average what nine, 10 assists per game. Miles Turner is going to space the floor for him. There's a lot of opportunity, I think, to score. I don't know a lot about Matherin yet, I'll be honest, but I are, I know he's better than Chris Duarte. I know that. Mm-hmm. I, yep. <laughs> he just seems like a more natural scorer. Um, no, he's an interesting one um, and somebody I would take a shot on uh, just to see what, see what you got. Um, Matherin's an interesting one. Um, yeah. How about uh, anybody else in the, that went in the top ten that you got a you got a close eye on that you're that you're going to draft or you have a you have a hard pass on that kind of went in the let's say in the lottery? You know, I wanted to ask you about a player that I thought you had to take on, um, uh, Dyson Daniels. Uh, went to New Orleans, a, a loaded rotation there. Um, I don't have anything on him right now, but I know. You had mentioned him. He's kind of a defensive specialist. Um, you know, I'm not sure where he lands in the rotation, but long term, do you see kind of like a, you know, a one, one in one guy and get you, a, you know, a three, a, a steal and a block with a sprinkle of stats? Like, what do you see in, in his profile long term? This year, he's going to be a, maybe you can stream him in for something, but. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you kind of nailed my thinking on it a little bit. I mean, that New Orleans rotation especially i mean at that position is so deep i mean between I me mean, you got herb you got uh, uh ingram you got uh uh i mean who who else i mean that's uh, cj obviously murphy can shoot try murphy murphy uh jose uh love I mean, jose. That's a, we love jose that's a, that's a that's a deep situation to break into and and they're going to be trying to win this year i think um i like what you're saying i like that he kind of has that spread shot across the board. That's a fantasy profile that I really like. I, I, yeah. I prefer that, uh, you know, those kind of get you a small amount of everything. And I, I like that long-term this season, this season, just for the, for the competition. I'm, I'm I'll monitor, but I have no, no intention of, of having him on my draft radar. Um, just like the guy that was drafted ahead of him, uh, shade and sharp, even though Ooh. he's going to my blazers. Yeah, big Blazers uh, fan. I, Everybody watching this uh, would already know that. Um, the enigma of the draft, uh, they clearly targeted him. They want they wanted him bad. Uh, they hired yeah. your homie, Mike Schmidt, right before the draft. They, yeah, they did. Yeah, Nathan Yoder. Nathan, Yoder's, like. uh, Nathan Yoder's doppelganger. Uh, Nathan Yoder, uh, Odin's Peen. Um, shout out to Extreme Drones. Um I loved the pick. I loved the upside swing. I I, I, I see him, and I think I, I've texted you this. Uh, I see him as the Blazers' uh, Jonathan Kaminga. As far as you take the mm. best talent in the draft, mm-hmm. um, sure, they don't have the Warriors' infrastructure as far as, like, you know, ready-made contender. But when the Warriors made that pick, they were coming off a really disastrous season. Uh, I, I loved the pick. Um, you know, a, a lot of the guys that went right after, I just thought he, I thought he was the last, like we could have a 20 point scorer, you know, five time all-star left in the draft. Uh, you know, and that's his ceiling. I mean, his floor is, uh, you know, is G league all-star. Like, I mean, he, he has the widest range in the draft 
and I'm getting goosebumps because he intrigues me. <laughs> I, I love the swing. Uh, I thought it, I thought it was a I thought it was the right pick there. Um, yeah, but as, yeah, yeah so, okay, I think let's, it, let's get a Blazers fans it, perspective on that. Actually, forget fans. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about it? Well, I mean, I, I I agree with your take as far as like it was the right swing for the Bla- for a team that's kind of middling. You got to take that home run swing and and figure out. You know, if you strike out, that's fine. You know, you can you have to rebuild. If you hit it, then that's great. Um, you know, I think it's so hard to project because you don't we don't know anything about them. You know, I mean, at the same time, you know, I think uh, we were talking about this earlier. The probably the most uh, reliable comp for him, uh, or at least which is maybe unfair, but, you know, is, is Anthony Simons. Uh, Anthony Simons, Anthony Simons was the number one, number seven recruit in the nation. And he sat out his college, uh, his season. I mean, Shaden was depending on what service you look at one to four, something like that. So he's pretty similar in that, in that, um, Anthony, he went on, you know, obviously is, is for, is, uh, rookie year, he went into a pretty crowded backfield behind Damon CJ. He averaged four one and one. Basically um, redshirted, like we might think. Basically redshirted. Yeah. yeah, which doesn't mean that's what Shaden could do. I mean, he could, you know, I mean, I was just kind of pulled up just for kind of uh, shits and giggles. Uh, I don't know if we're allowed to cuss on this podcast here. Um, I, I apologize for saying the word sir. giggles, but. Um, we're, having, we're having adult beverages. So. Okay. This is, uh, um, this is grown up time. Oh, good. Okay. That's great. Yeah. The kids are both, are both in bed, but um, I wanted to see how much of it was my memory, you know, pulling up some of these guys that had skipped or had reg had truly redshirted their uh, rookie year in the NBA. And maybe you can come up with somebody else, but you know, I, the three that I, that I came up with uh, were the three big ones, you know, two of them were number one picks. Um, but yeah, Blake Griffin, his, after seeing out his first year, he came into the league and he averaged 23, 12, and 4, which is insane. Um, ben Simmons yeah. a- averaged 16, 6, and 8 with 2.5 stocks. And uh, Joel Embiid averaged 20 and 8 with 3.5 stocks. I mean, so what the, was- <laughs> it's crazy. You know, to be fair, those are injury-related red shirts. Um, right. But the point point taken, uh, we're about to get a hell of a red shirt uh, over there in uh, in Oklahoma City this year. So we'll, we'll be... Oh, yeah. This could be Chet. This, these could be Chet's numbers. My, my question with, with Shaden is, is more yeah. of a, you know, is more of a competitive fire That's situation. Fair. Uh, you know, I mean, he he they, didn't sit out because he was injured. He sat out because he wanted to preserve his stop, his draft position. Um, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean anything bad, but it is just a a slight red flag. Um, you know, and I think regardless regardless of that, you know, I think he could come up, he could come to the league and still be fantastic. But I think as far as fantasy goes, uh, my thinking is that he's uh kind of for that reason he's going to be coming off of a year where he didn't play in college so he didn't have that ability to kind of acclimate himself 
he also missed all of summer league as well um, with an injury. So I think that uh, I think that his ramp up time is going to be pretty steep. Um, so I, I personally am not expecting too much from his rookie year, just kind of as he gets acclimated. But that doesn't mean that if you're in dynasty leagues, he's not a great, great guy to look at. Yeah, I think if you're in a dynasty league, he's he's for those reasons. I mean, he's going to be dirt cheap. Um, it's interesting, you know, the year that uh, he finally has uh, that the breakout. Uh, speaking of Simons, gets the four years, a hundred mil. They basically mm-hmm. draft a player to take his place as far as in their system of development. So literally, like yes, yes, yes. So I feel like, you know, we have a lot of information about and it's a different regime, but like it seems to be following a similar trajectory. So just be very patient. But yeah, if you if you're playing in a dynasty league and you can swoop him with a late pick, um, I think that could be uh, that could be gold in your back pocket. Um, yeah, we're getting we're getting into the weeds here. A couple names that surprised me, just an early ADP or interested me, I should say. Um is Ty Ty Washington? Shout out UK two K. Mm, mm, uh, mm, mm, you know he I like this. he underperforms uh, at the collegiate level. Uh, he also played at the University of Kentucky, who does nothing but churns out uh, NBA players who seems like they were playing out of position in college under uh, John Calipari, uh, or for whatever reason, uh, parts of their games weren't highlighted. Um, and you get players like Tyler Hero. But Devin Booker, for instance, and this is a bit of a I'm going I'm going on a tangent here, and that's fine because I get to fuck you, no one's watching. Um, Devin Booker was a six man on on uh, his college team. Um, Ty Ty Washington, uh, I, I watched a lot of UK. Um, he's every bit as explosive as Jalen Ivey. I'm not saying he's near as as good, um, but um, he's playing on a Rockets team that. And um, this was my point I wanted to make earlier, comparing them to to the Zombies uh, of OKC. Uh, the Rockets don't shut down their guys, um, you know, so you, Kevin Porter Jr., he's a stats guy. Uh, he's a knucklehead. Uh, he's from Seattle. Um, and I wish him the best. I hope he figures it out. But uh, Ty Ty Washington is an explosive uh, point guard who I, I'd say is going to give you, even in redraft, um, you'll find him useful uh, down the stretch. Uh, if you play in a dynasty league, you know, I really like Ty Ty Washington as a high ceiling uh, dart throw um, in redraft uh, or in dynasty. Um, for instance, I would take him over Johnny Davis, who uh, so Ty Ty and Johnny Davis are, are going neck and neck uh, in Yahoo right now. They're going to 128.4 and 128.5 sandwiched in between uh, Markel Fultz and a Kongbu, the big from Atlanta. Um, so. Uh, mm. Ty Ty, I just thought I wanted to give him some love. Um, you know, I like, I loved his landing spot. Talk about landing spot a lot in football. Talk about it in basketball too. I loved his landing spot. Um, the uh, the Rockets, for the record, had the second high, second fastest pace in the league last year. Yes, I mean, did. they're going to be flying, and I mean, Ty Ty flies too. I mean, that seems like a great fit. I love the fit. Yep. So Ty Ty, keep an eye on him. Um, you're not going to get him if you're in a draft with me because sensibly you wouldn't waste $5 on Ty Ty Washington, uh, but I probably will. Um, so don't try to, you know, you can't bid me up. Like I'm smart. Like I'm not going to, uh, anyway, uh, I digress, but, um, <laughs> seven bucks, seven bucks. 
so that's all I that's all I had uh, on the rookies at this point. Um, it's just really early. The ADP is a little, um, you know, a little hard to trust. Uh, you know, here in late August, but yeah, okay. uh, you know, just just to, just some food for thought to get thinking um, about your drafts coming up. Uh, about the, about uh, our. Yeah, the I I got just a couple other notes I'd like to get to real quick if you don't mind. The uh, I'd love to turn it over uh, to you. One guy that I would uh, like to just—I don't think anybody here that's listening to this is going to draft him, but just to make sure you don't draft Jeremy Sochan, uh, I wouldn't. Uh, although, yeah, I don't, although it was interesting doing a little deep dive on him. I know you saw my notes on this one, but the uh, he went to high school in uh, uh, Laporte, Indiana, which is right next to where I used to live in Go. In Goshen, which is pretty wild, a little small, like 300 person school. Recent alums from this school include okay. Jaden Ivey, uh, Tiger Campbell, JJJ, uh, Isaiah Stewart, Jordan Poole. Are you talking about Beef Stew? I'm talking about Beef Stew, yeah. Oh boy. And, and Jim Gaffigan. I mean, he was he's not that recent, but you know, he went there too. But, uh, uh, Pretty wild. I mean, that's, that's the stand-up quite comedian, the, quite the program. Not, yes, yeah. Not the Oklahoma well, State backup point guard. No, no, exactly. And also Chief Justice Roberts, who also isn't playing basketball, but you know, it's pretty influential. Oh, getting political, spicy. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's do that. Um, but the and I, one thing I was curious to kind of get your your take here too is uh, I have a gen i know we have a slightly different philosophy when it comes to drafts and our valuations of rookies i love that, um, I love that. and i mean my i went through kind of the last couple of years of drafts and last year I, I we got the 80 i was able to pull up the adp and then their uh and then where they find where their final standings were at the end of the season versus uh, on their total scoring um, and last year's yeah, last year's staff or last year's uh, class was tremendous. I mean, like that was just a really good and class. Deep, so deep. I mean, Cade got drafted at fifty-five. He finished. He finished at or he got drafted fifty-six. Finished at fifty-five. Uh, Mobley drafted Ooh. eighty-six. Finished at forty-three. Down for three bucks. Uh, Giddy one thirty-three, one of four. Scotty Bonds. Um, mm. he, obviously, he was the. If he drafted him, he probably. You might have won your league. I mean, 149 and finished at 37. Um, so I mean, it's it was a pretty rare class in that you had you had three players finish in the top 50 at the end of the season. Uh, you had you know, and then you had two that just missed out on the top 100. Um, I think that was I, my thinking. That was a little rare. I mean, I. Um, yeah, I, agree. I, I pulled up I pulled up some players from the previous years, uh, their top five ADPs for uh, like their their drafts. The 2020 was pretty straightforward, but uh, well, actually, it wasn't. So 2020, Excellent. number one is Lamelo. Then you had Obi Toppin, James Wiseman, Killian Hayes, and then Ant. Um, so it's it. Kind of pretty interesting. 20, 2019 was pretty much old. There's only two players drafted, Zion and Ja. Um, but then 2018 got a little weird again, too, where you had the Bagman, 
drafted at 80. Wendell Carter drafted at 89. Kevin Knox drafted at 87. Um, yeah, I mean, once again, that was a 2018 is a stellar class with Luca, Trey, JJJ, Aiden, Texan, Shea, Bridges, Bridges. Uh, it was a but, deep class uh, just like last year's. So. Yeah, but I mean, I think I only bring that up to just kind of say that uh, uh, I was curious to see what your take is or what your philosophy is on drafting rookies. Like, do you, do you view them as a flyer? Do you feel you, you, you like drafting rookies because you feel like there is a, uh, uh, you're kind of getting an advantage. You, you're, you view them like you think people are less risk tolerant or, or, or what's your, what's your thought on drafting rookies? Yeah, I love this. This is, uh, this is a great topic that, while you were speaking, what I was talking, what I was thinking about is like last year, there were so many surprises, players who outperformed their ADP and it was so deep. I mean, you know, even like Franz Wagner, like nobody drafted him. He was a waiver wire darling. There were so many. Um, I'm wondering if that's, there's a correlation to maybe, and these ADPs are so early and they seem fairly reasonable. Uh, But, you know, if you might get see some of these rookies being overvalued when draft season hits, uh, because last year was such a successful year. So if there's any hardcore nerd who's done any research in a year where the rookies outperform ADP and hit hard, and then how that correlates with the, you know, the, the ADP the next year, I'd love to see it. Um, maybe we'd, I'd have to do that piece for it to exist. But, you know, in general, I like going for second-year players. Uh, you know, for instance, last year, like, um, I, like, I like to see the blueprint and then project the jump. Uh, a little bit more than drafting rookies like last year when I targeted Anthony Edwards um, that was that was my thinking Um, I saw the blueprint and I want to target the jump Um, so you know I don't draft rookies as a philosophy searching for upside because um, you know I I like I like seeing kind of how they translate to the NBA first but if I think that there's an advantage because there's a player who's being undervalued or, um, you know, I think I see something in my, in my research that isn't being seen or there's a player that's being overlooked then I'll take advantage of that. But yeah, I don't like, I, you know, Nate mentioned our differences in philosophy. I mean, I'm definitely known as like an upside uh, hungry uh, drafter um, and, you know, tend to draft really young squads but, you know, I would say they're second and third year players are more of my targets. Um, but I'm not I'm definitely not um, opposed to drafting rookies, but I don't target them in general looking for upside. I let I feel like I can predict the breakout uh, and that big jump, you know, to get a second year uh, value jump, um, you know, from a player who's projected in the fifth round. You know, I, I'm, I'm just looking to try to project that jump. But, you know, if I can do that in a rookie, then then I would. Um, you know, I guess Ty Ty Washington, for instance, like, um, mm-hmm. that's a player that, I, you know, I might grab, you know, in a last round that I think could have, you know, if he ends up starting or if, you know, gets a lot of minutes off the bench, I could see in the right build him being a, a mid round value, stuff like that. But, um, you know, Chet, for instance, you know, biases aside, like, um, that kind of unknown profile, I was going to let somebody else go for that this year. And I, and I would try to go for a player that I've already seen. Uh, on an NBA court, um, players like Panchero, um, Panchero, and uh, Jabari, I feel like they're just not like 
the sort of players that you get real hungry about. Like, I don't think there's that people are going to lock in on them and have to have them. Maybe it's because they're kind of like even keel, kind of chill dudes. <laughs> they're not like exciting. They they don't have the flair, right? They're, you right. know. Um, so I I feel like this will be a very reasonable year to draft rookies. Um, but but yeah, I'm looking for upside all the time. But um, more more looking to project that next jump. That seems really reasonable. I guess my thought with the rookies typically, and I feel like, it, uh, and I, I tried to find some research on this, you know, the numbers, and I wasn't able to quite find these. So I am left to just go off of my, my gut. And I'm, I'm curious if you feel the same way or don't, but the, um, I feel like a lot of times by drafting these rookies, I mean, like Cade was, I feel like kind of a quintessential example of this. You, you know, his, his fine, he finished the, the season at 55, but I feel like for those first three months, he was hardly rosterable. Um, Jalen Green was, he shouldn't have been on a roster the first three months, but you could see the outline of something that was going to happen. And so you, you have to, you kind of have to, by drafting those guys, take that, know that you're going to be taking those losses early on those first, the first six, eight, 12 weeks of the season taking those just lumps in in the hope in the hope that when you when the fantasy playoffs cruise around at the end of the season cruise around that those those numbers start to change i mean and it obviously happened with Cade. i mean the, the last two months of the season three months of the season he was he was insane i mean jalen green he dropped his turnovers down from like whatever it was six a game to three and then he made that big 100%, jump 100%. Um, so like i I'm always hesitant to have too many rookies on my on my roster just because I don't want to take too many of those of those losses early. Um, but uh, but I don't know. What do you think about that? A couple of things came to mind. And another example is uh, Anthony Edwards was the same way Jalen Green was last year as far as it was pretty brutal. Uh, and you really can't pick those players off. You ever try to make a trade offer for a high-profile rookie that someone paid paid up for because they're struggling yeah, in December true. or January? You're not getting that guy. Um, I, you know, to be specific to your roster, you know, one player that I think the rookie you ended up with, I ended up with uh, Mobley last year. You ended up with uh, Jalen Suggs. And that was an example. I don't think it killed your team, but you held on a little bit longer than need be uh, for mm-hmm. him. To, he wasn't really helping you. And then, you know, by the time he did get rolling, I think you had already dropped him and then he got hurt. Point being, uh, that was kind of the downside to doing that, because I think you could have been churning through that spot and streaming some some other stats in or looking for players who are performing right then. Ultimately, we yeah, barely I mean, missed the playoffs. So he that's, was, you he know, was drafted the equivalent of eighth round. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, if you could have grinded out a couple more wins early in the season, maybe you you did slip into the playoffs there. So it's, you know, those are the cost. The, that's the cost of doing business with those uh, with the high usage, especially the guards, especially the high usage guards. Um, but no, and, and it's it's tempting, you know, because it killed me last year. So to get specific again, one of our league mates, um, when when Jalen Green started killing it last year, because he's a fun yeah, player. Uh, and and to watch and and he took the lumps though he was you know I think he maybe got dropped once in our league but um, you know it's it hurts that much more when you could have taken a cup so you know you just gotta assess your team and try to build it in um, that's what's nice about nine cat uh, is you can build that in um, you know and it's uh, it's always worth looking for upside but yeah there's a downside to absorbing those months where they're they're just not kicking they're just not hitting you up. 
Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. Did you write that down? Uh, I thought about it in the shower. That's where most of my good ideas come. So, I, you know, like between that and then putting the baby down, you know, I got nothing to think about. Yeah, nothing to do, but just think. So, uh, those kind of ideas coalesced right there. How often when you wake up is your first thought about basketball? Uh, rarely, but when I go to bed, I would say 80% of the time, 90% of the time. But yeah, it's not my first thought, but it, it's usually my last thought. Helps you fall asleep. You kind of, it's like you drift off into like NBA dreamland. You know, it, it really does. I, it, yeah. I kind of am intentional about it at this point. So I get, uh, um, and yeah, I, I, I do that most nights and it really, it works within a couple of minutes. I think, uh, um, I think I would say that if my, my wife would be a little bit more into basketball, she'd fall asleep as quick as I did would, but, uh, you know, I'll try to tell her that. Oh man. <laughs> NBA, uh, consuming NBA content at night is, is like a mel- it's like taking a melatonin, you know, just kind of, it just kind of, you just drift off. Uh, uh we are, we're sickos. I'm, I'm glad we finally did this. Uh, it was fun. It's been an hour and a half. That's insane. Nobody would ever. Wow. <laughs> it's been an hour and a half. And we talked for oh, half yeah. an hour before we, we started recording. It felt like 30 minutes. Oh, I, th- I think I think we're going to get some people that are going to be interested in this. We didn't even get into our deep takes. You know, I didn't even get into uh, Coloco or, uh, or anything. But we can, we can save that for another another pod got to learn like how to edit and stuff um but uh but yeah it's yeah. it's i've often pictured doing the first rec- like recording and just being like well i don't know like like how do you do i hate doing the first thing of anything is not my strength uh because i you know i like to procrastinate and i hate being bad at stuff that i think i should be good at oh uh, yeah yeah, well, I I think this this has been a great first pod. I mean, like uh, I I feel like we've covered a lot of ground here. I've I've uh, you know we we provided a lot of like we talked a lot about a fancy basketball at the end of August when nobody else is. So uh, uh, I'm pretty excited about this. Are you going to join the Bradlow Haas Jersey League? No. No. Okay. No. no Would you no, wear no. a Bradlow Haas T-shirt? Favorite. Oh. Yeah, I was, um, um, and maybe we can we can uh, talk about this, you know, afterwards. But the uh, th- that was one of the biggest selling points to me was competing for a Brad Loas jersey. That was honestly part of the reason that I wanted to join the league. That's tempting. Um, he targeted it you. Just, it was actually it was the actual fantasy football of it all that 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 dissuaded me. But uh, but he knew how to he. I mean, he, he sucked me in with the NBA stuff. When you did, uh, we'll talk about the Jersey League stuff off offline. But uh, uh, not uh, speaking of fantasy leagues, like, you know, if you don't want to do high stakes leagues, you just want to get together with your buddies, you want something to play for. A Jersey League is a is a great alternative. Uh, you just uh, the end of the year, you know, could be the best player on the on the title winning team. You let them select or whatever you want to do. It could be Brad Lojas or some obscure player. Uh, everyone kicks in the cost of the jersey. Uh, and uh and that's your that's your trophy it's a good time jersey i heard about jersey leagues through you um that year that uh your wife we referenced before uh emily the goat uh she was kicking ass in that league all year 
Um, do you remember what jersey was ultimately purchased? What was the? Oh, this must have been, I'd say, two thousand. I don't know, fourteen. I have, there's no, there's no way I could potentially forget this. It was, uh, it was, uh, uh, it was <laughs> our buddy John Hellrich. Like, yeah, uh, he won the a league. One, it was the one year that he's ever won a league. He won our fantasy football league, which was a pretty competitive league that year. Uh, this is this is a guy that uh, that if you said you put the buy in at, you said hey we're we're starting a league. It's seven hundred dollars. He'd be like yeah I'm in I'm in. He and then he'd miss the draft and then never check his team. Uh, it wouldn't. It wouldn't matter if you said. Yeah, you know, you said it's ten thousand dollars draft. He'd be like, "Dude, let me in on this." Like, and then same thing. But he he won that league, and he won that league with Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow as a Jet on his bench. He never played. Tim Tebow never played for the Jets. He kept them on his active roster the entire year, <laughs> and he won the league. Team. So yeah, so he got an officially licensed Tim Tebow New York Jets jersey. Who never played for the Jets, the player. Who never played for the Jets. That's yeah. an incredible story. And that that describes this man, a man who's never changed his team name. It's the Yahoo generated every single time Hilly's team. Uh, I, I I love that he exists, and I love having him in my leagues. One, the, the my Hilly story was one year uh, he had Robbie Anderson on his roster who had been injured for four to six weeks or something uh, when he was a Jet. Uh, and he was just taking zeros. Uh, and I play him one week and it was a game against the Seahawks. Uh, so it's double, double, double the pain as a Seahawks fan. Uh, just out of nowhere, Ryan, <laughs> Robbie Anderson comes back, has three touchdowns and like 100 plus yards. And Hilly, like, didn't even notice that he played. Like, and so there's nothing more painful than losing to this man because he doesn't care. Yeah. And yeah. I don't it's, know why. It's the hardest part about fantasy football. It's like, one, it doesn't matter how much you care. And I feel like that's why I prefer fantasy basketball. Caring, caring matters. It does. 